0: me put a warning label on this podcast talking about adult language and adult situations. First of all, these kids are already adults. They've had phones in their hands from the time they were four years old. They're watching porn, they're smoking, they're cussing, they're having sex. But I have to warn them about my podcast? (laughs) Whatever.
1: poke through and you're like I'll try a bite of that but I'm not a big meat eater so I would move the food around because I felt guilty putting it back outside and like not eating enough of it I felt like somebody was gonna be like how dare you take our food for granted
0: Nightmare Road Stories where we visit with performers and hear about their craziest experiences on the road. I'm your host, Alicia Cooper. Today I will be talking to my girl Jen Murphy. She doesn't have a nightmare road story. Jen has a nightmare boat story. You will <laughs> not want to miss this. Well, just like me, you know, we, we do cruises every once in a while. We want some extra change. We have been out of work for a while. And you know, it ain't like Gilligan's Island, it ain't a three-hour tour. When you get out there, you are stuck in the middle of nowhere. You cannot jump overboard. You just have to deal with whatever they throw your way. And uh, I have some experiences on the ships as well, and I can't wait to talk to Jen about it. You know, right now there's all kinds of stuff happening in the news currently. Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended for two weeks, and she was talking about how the Holocaust was about, not about race, but about man's inhumanity to man, and she was incorrect about that, so what would have helped her was if she just asked some questions like, I felt like it was, what do you ladies think? You know, <laughs> instead of saying it with her whole chest. Because when you say it with your whole chest, that means you are really convicted in this thing. And what cracks me up about where we are today, is people would say something and be convicted about it at noon. they get stomped out at two o'clock they release an apology. You weren't converted that face. Like, you know, they done forced you, they done forced you to lie. When you sit up there and go, I am so sorry. Now you saying it with a gun to your head like a a hostage. Nobody's converted that face. So we all know the the apologies, all these apologies are fake. When Donald Trump apologized after the grab women by the pee comment and that half-hearted apology, just save your apologies because we already know what it is. Ain't nobody converted and changed that quickly. You said what you said, you meant what you meant, and just say, you know what, I'm gonna take this time now to get better educated. But the apologies, we we don't need them. They they ring hollow, you know, and and, and it's just a lot going on. We got Tasha K. She lost an almost $4 million lawsuit to Cardi B. And she was on that line about Cardi B, So the woman had herpes. How would you know that? We have HIPAA laws. Then she said the woman cheated on her husband. How would you know that? And then she admitted that she was lying and making it all up for clicks and likes. So I'm going to make sure here on Nightmare Road Stories, I only say things that are actual and factual. Because I don't have $4 million. I'm good for $14. I can get you $14. (laughs) Uh, You won't have to put me on a payment plan for $14. But $4 million? Woo! I'm going to be doing a lot more cruises. That's for sure. But yeah, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, My girl, Jen Murphy, is gonna tell you her nightmare boat story. You do not want to miss this.
1: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, You can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
0: Welcome back to Nightmare Road Stories. I'm your host, Alicia Cooper. I'm so excited about today's guest, Jen Murphy. You're gonna hear all about her. We're gonna get her background and uh, we'll do a deep dive into what made her start stand up. But right now, take a look at some of Jen's stand up.
1: I talk about getting older. I don't think I'm that old. I'm in the middle. 40s in the middle, I think, maybe. I'm just, I'm getting to that age where, like, I start realizing stuff about my childhood. Like, I'll just be driving down the freeway and, like, random thoughts like, pop in my head. Because I think there's some memories that take, like, 20 or 30 years, and then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, <laughs> like, that's what that was. Like, I just recently realized that, like, the Vaseline on the back of my parents' bed was not meant for my lips. If you're disgusted, that is the proper reaction. I used to go in there like every day before school and just be like, oh, I'm just gonna gloss it up. And then
0: one day I was just like, why is there a hair in my vest? We're back with Nightmare rose Stories. I just wanna jump right into this. Jen, thank you for being here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think you are hilarious.
1: Oh, thank you. That's so sweet of you. I was so excited when you asked me to do this.
0: Absolutely, because you have two comedy albums on iTunes right now, right? I do. Yes, I do. And what, what are the titles? Size Does
1: Matter was the first one, and Orally Challenged is the second one.
0: Wow. I like the innuendo and the double entendre in both of those.
1: <laughs> I just want to say I don't really believe size matters, but it's just
0: one of those. <laughs> i hate that stereotype i don't know it's not really a stereotype about white women unless y'all in porn but it's the stereotype about black women that we want these 19-inch slongs that go from our coochie to the top of our brains and i'm like who started this mess don't nobody want all that we want to go home at the end of the night too stop perpetuating this myth that black women need all this car we don't need all this car (laughs) We're good. We're good. We want a snopsage every now and then. Y'all got other groups of men afraid to approach us. Asians shaking. You know, (laughs) white men scared. We don't need all this schlong. You know, don't fall for it. It's, it's, It's meant to divide us.
1: I know. The actual joke that I tell is is saying that size doesn't matter. So I'd like I don't know that that was the right title to give it unless you actually hear the joke. Then you'll realize it's it's, you know, sarcasm.
0: But otherwise, (laughs) I like the way you did it. You shanghaied people over to the album. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So how long have you been doing comedy?
1: Uh, It's been about 14 years now, 15 years
0: Wow, and where did you start? Yeah,
1: I first started in New York, but I only had a very brief time there. And then I had already kind of been on my way to L.A. when that happened. I think if I had known that I was going to do stand up professionally, I might have stayed in New York longer. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I was already sort of on the way here. And once I got to L.A., for some reason, I just dove head in like full time with stand up.
0: Yeah, New York City is just a stand up method, you know? I know. <laughs> I I mean, there's no other place like that on earth to start to sharpen your stand-up skills. I actually moved to New York after eight years of stand-up. I moved there because I said I wanted to do one year here. I knew I wasn't cut out for New York City living because I'm more of a suburban kind of person. I like to get in my car and only listen to what I want to hear. I don't want to necessarily listen to what homeless people want me to hear. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to be on the subways all day, and and it's it's just people coughing on you. This was way before COVID, and then being black, you can't get a cab. I had to get white people to get my cab, and then they'd run off, and the cab driver like foiled again. And so uh, I did one year. I was always hot and sweaty. You know, I never got anywhere fresh. You know, but the good thing was that I was able to do like five shows a night. That was yeah. Weird. I know, I know. I had moved
1: to New York when I was young because I wanted to do theater. I wanted to do live theater, like dramatic acting. And then I got into stand-up towards the end of my time there, but I don't think I really, like I said, I just didn't realize Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that stand-up was going to be the thing and I was already on the way to L.A. So, you know, it's one of those things. You can't change,
0: but. So when did you realize that you had the bug and you were going to really pursue this full time?
1: I don't think it was until I was in L.A. and started doing some shows at The Improv. You know when you're new and you're going to open mics with the same people, kind of Mm -hmm. on a consistent basis, and you become part of that group? And then I think Mm -hmm. I knew. The first time I did stand-up, I knew I loved it. But I don't think I could see. I I think I just was ignorant to know how you make a living at it or how you pursue it as a full-time thing. And then once I had made a group of friends and we were all going out to shows together and then you to doing more shows. Once it becomes like a nightly thing, then I think is when I just fully committed to it and knew that's the only thing I wanted to do.
0: And what were you doing for money prior to this?
1: I was working at El Cholo Mexican restaurant in Santa Monica.
0: I like that, I like that restaurant. <laughs> I love El Cholo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were very good to me. It's a nice, like, family-run restaurant, you know? They're really great.
0: I worked there for six years. York? What were you doing in New York?
1: New York, I did do a lot of theater, but just, like, <coughs> off-off-Broadway stuff. Okay. Um, and okay. the same thing, like, working in restaurants. I was always part of theater groups. And then it was actually my acting teacher who got me into stand-up. I don't think I would have done it if he hadn't because I thought I would be so dramatic. And he was like, every time... You try and be serious, I just laugh. Like, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> and he kept pushing me to do comedy and do stand-up, and I was like, all right, fine, I'll try it. And then once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay. Because I was pretty shy. I'm like, I don't think I can stand up there by myself and do stand-up. And now I'm like, now it's my favorite thing to do. Now we'll acting calm. makes me more nervous than being alone on stage Right, so we stand right. Well, see, up. We
0: have a benefit, though, because nobody knows what we were supposed to say but us. So it's not like you can really flub a line like you can in theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And what comics did you admire? Well, ever since I was young,
1: Eddie Murphy's always been my number one. Like, Delirious was my number one. I still watch it. At least once a month, I'll pull it up and watch it again. I love it. And I grew up on, you know, maybe not, they weren't all stand-up comedians, but I grew up with, um, you know, like Cheers, like a lot of great comedies that were on television. Mm-hmm. Cheers, obviously, like, Cosby Show was a great one. But yeah, maybe probably when I was younger, it would have to be Roseanne was a big one mm-hmm. when I was young. I think a lot of it was just that she broke that stereotype. Yeah. You know, of the it was because even when I started, it's totally changed now, but even when I was brand new in stand-up, it was a little more... Mostly male dominated, because you have to have a strong personality to get up there. Yeah, it's scary, yeah, and even yeah. just as like going on the road, I've traveled a lot by myself, and you know it can be a little scary. A lot of there's, I think now it's so many women are in stand up. It's a little bit different, but yeah. yeah but I think Roseanne colleges, really stood yeah. out for that reason. Probably Roseanne and Ellen stood out for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love Margaret Cho too, because she was just oh, so yeah. confident you know, with her stuff and so unique. She had a voice that like now, a lot of people are doing what she does, but she was the, the trailblazer for it. And uh, Margaret would have me in tears. <laughs> yeah, she's great. <laughs> so how did you get involved with the cruise ships?
1: I just started doing cruise ships before COVID actually. I had only done a couple of them, probably like four in 2019, mm-hmm. because the the people that uh, book all the improvs and book a lot of comedy clubs are also booking some cruise ships. And since I had worked for them a lot in the comedy clubs, they were having a showcase to do Norwegian Cruise Line. So I showcased for them and started working it in 2019. And then I had like a whole, my whole calendar booked up for 2020. But then obviously, you know, we all know what happened then. So I I was really pretty new to the cruise ship business before COVID hit. And
0: so how did you stay afloat during the 2020 covid disaster where you doing zoom shows <laughs> like the rest of us
1: i did do zoom shows and i'll tell you what <laughs> i didn't mind it. it i well i fought it for the first couple months i was like i'm not doing this i don't want to do it and then once i did it it wasn't as bad as i thought only because <laughs> i set up my desk as like it had its benefits because one, I could write out my set list and sort of put it behind my computer and like see all my notes, which you can't really do live on stage. And I would have like a cocktail on one side of me and like candy and snacks on the other. <laughs> so I just made the best of it. But I collected unemployment, which I had never done in my life. So that saved me. I'm sure it saved most people. Oh, It it's
0: definitely saved me. I was like, I'm riding with Biden. But, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I would have been living I would have
1: been living with my parents again if there was no unemployment. I don't know how I would have survived.
0: Oh my all. goodness. And, and I hated the Zoom shows with the very first one I did because it was everybody was so new to this thing. They left the audio off for everybody watching. So I'm oh, telling yeah. jokes with no laughter. And I was like, so everybody, I was like, oh, I will never do this again. This is hard. You can't get your time in together. You don't know what's going on. And everybody's muted. And then after that they realize, no, don't mute the audience. And then I said, okay, just like you did, I had my set list beside me. And I didn't have mine behind. I'm looking right at it, just reading off of it. So I got to try all new (laughs) stuff. And I never had any bottoms on. So you know I was ready to (laughs) pulling it. You know, it was just amazing. I was just at home, you know. I was like, I don't think I'm ever gonna leave the house again. So (laughs) I know, after a while
1: it did get pretty comfortable
0: yeah 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 we the thing that spoiled. was
1: funniest to me the thing that was funniest to me though with the zoom show was that when I was on you know they my whole face was the computer so I'm basically staring at myself like just performing to myself <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, like, like holding this up is a weird.
1: <laughs> yeah all of a sudden I find myself making weird facial expressions that I would never make uh-huh. in a real life show <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Um, Oh yeah, it was okay. Well, I want to find out about your nightmare boat story. And we don't even have to mention the cruise line because that's not germane to the story. But we do want to mention that when you get caught on a cruise ship and and you don't want to test positive on a cruise ship because you don't even know what's about to happen to you, what the protocols are. You feel like you're trapped and you can't get out. You know, all those vulnerabilities and I mean, you just realize your life is not your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like celebrity jail is what I told somebody.
0: Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so you get to the cruise ship and then what happens? So I, had, this
1: was my first cruise that I was going to work since the pandemic. And it was also my very first time working for this specific cruise line. So everything was new. So I was a little bit nervous because, you know, when you work with somebody new, and you're like, you know, it's your, you got to make a first impression, everything. And I knew COVID was an issue, obviously. So I tested myself three times in five days leading up to it. And it was all negative. And then when I got to the cruise ship, they test me before I board and it was negative. And then literally that first night I woke up at like 2 a.m., just really sick. But I was like, there's no way it could be COVID because I've tested four times now. So then in the morning, I just, I was supposed to do two shows that night, but I could barely talk. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to go ask for some cough drops or Advil. And when I went down to the medical area that like, I hadn't spoken to anyone, so I didn't realize how bad my voice was. But when, as soon as I asked for Advil, it was like, I could there was hardly any sound coming out. (laughs) And this nurse was like, uh, sit down, you're staying here. And I'm like, no, I'm negative. Like, I tested yesterday. I just need some cough drops. She's like, no, 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 sit down. And then they tested me again. It was positive. And the doctor was just like, "Uh, go pack your bags. I'm like, is it just for a few days? Like, what's happening? He's like, now you're done for the whole cruise. I was like, I didn't even perform yet. And this was supposed to be, since I had never worked for them, they were like, okay, we're not sure if you're funny, so this will be like your trial, like I'm on probation to work for them. So I was like, now they don't even, never even saw me perform. So they sent me, well, so I went back to my room and I packed my bags and then I waited like two hours and somebody came and knocked on my door and it was a nurse that was just fully covered in like, it was almost like a hazmat suit. And behind her was like two guys with one of them holding, you know, one of the, it's like a little container. And then there's like a long metal pole, almost like what you would see somebody spraying weeds with a, with a chemical. <laughs> 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 or like if you have like rodents they're, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> they're spraying this, all this disinfectant all outside my room. And then I walk out and it's just all around. I mean, it's like clouds of like disinfectant. The nurse that was there to pick me up, she was like coughing. She's like, I'm choking. Stop. It was just clouds that I had to walk through.
0: It's like you were in the movie Silkwood.
1: Yeah. It was like I was patient zero. (laughs) They just spraying all around. And then I'm walking through this cloud. And then I get right down the hall in the elevator. There's four security guards that are like holding the area off to make sure. We're in the crew area, so it's not like passengers are going to come by, but to make sure nobody, no crew, anyone that works on the ship isn't going to get within any, you know, feet of, of me because I'm so tainted. And <laughs> and then they hit, that, um, they hit the elevator and I get in and the security guard puts in a key and hits a floor, which then I'm like, if you have to put in a key, that means this is a floor where not regular people can go to, you know what I mean? So then I was like, oh, God. I started panicking. And then when we got in, I noticed it was, like, the very bottom floor that he had hit. And then I get in with the nurse, and we just start going down, and I was like, oh, no, this is not good. So I was down all the way at the bottom of the ship. (laughs) And then the nurse let me into my room, and I just looked at her. She was I, like, had this look of panic in my face. She's like, you can't leave. And then she goes, but... The food is really good. (laughs) I was like, we'll see about that. (laughs) And then they shut the door. And like a little while after she left, I was sitting there and I realized, like, I didn't even have a key to the room. Because you can't leave. So they give you no way to get back in. Mm -hmm. Because I think that way, if somebody decides, I'm sure there's got to be some people who are like, I'm going to sneak out for a cigarette or something. And then you're just stuck out there in the hallway, like, ugh.
0: That's a good point. What do the cigarette smokers do?
1: I don't know. I was thinking about that because there were some moments where I was just like, I, I just, my brain, it didn't last long, but you know, sometimes you'll just, it's like a claustrophobia, but your brain is just like, I need to run outside and just take a breath of fresh air. Like, and when you're stuck in a room with no windows for that long, I was like, and then it would pass. I'd be like, I'm okay. It's fine. I'm not going to die in this room or whatever, but and I thought about that, I was like, what if... Because I've known some people who are like serious smokers, well, they're like, go through detox if <laughs> they're not... So I, th- I did think about them, that, you know, they've got to be like in the bathroom, probably just puffing into the shower or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it is weird, like that first day, I was just like... It's just that feeling of like, I can't believe it's going to be eight days and I can't even just take a breath of, of air or something, or even see the outside through a window or anything. It was a little bit scary at first. But, you know, luckily... to
0: know you have that many days, that would have just freaked me out. You know, they could at least come and get you guys and take you on a walk across the top deck or something and then put you back downstairs. That's what I thought, because, you know, cruise ships, like,
1: because we're on the bottom, there's no passengers down there. If we could have just gone out, yeah, just right out to the side of the ship where the deck is... And there's nobody there, but I guess that would have been a big hassle for them, trying to shuffle us all out. <laughs> it was like, hey, we're all sick, so can't we all just <laughs> travel together, one area of the boat?
0: <laughs> and at this point, how were you feeling health wise?
1: I was legitimately sick. It wasn't, it, it felt like just really, really tired which I'm actually grateful for because that w- I, I did sleep a lot. And I think in the first four days that I was down there, I think that helped so much because I probably would have gotten really depressed or something otherwise. Like, I probably slept like 15 hours a day. So I am kind of grateful that I really had it because I know some people get sent down there and they're not sick or they have no symptoms. And then you're just stuck, you know, in your right mind, just wide awake. <laughs> So I was sick and it never got really bad. It was mostly like fever sweats. Just waking up in the middle of the night, just like drenched in my own sweat. But then if I tried to take off a cover, then I was like shivering cold. And so
0: when the nurse said to you the food is good, did you find that to be true? (laughs) If
1: you like a lot of tough steak, I guess. (laughs) I'm not a big meat eater. They pretty much like three times a day they left a big tray of food outside my door. A guy would come by and just bang on the door. He'd be like, breakfast, lunch, you know. And then there would just be this big tray that looked like somebody kind of took what was left over from a buffet. It was always very random arrays of food. It'd be like a pile of mashed potatoes and like three chicken wings and then a piece of lasagna. And for some reason, almost every meal had a, a piece of fish laid across the top, like this fish filet. just across. <laughs> so it's one of those things where you kind of poke through and you're like, I'll try a bite of that. But I'm not a big meat eater, so... I would move the food around because I felt guilty putting it back outside and, like, not eating enough of it. I felt like somebody was going to be like, how dare you take our food for granted? (laughs) So I'd kind of, like, shove it around like a little kid that's trying to make his mom think that he ate all
0: his vegetables or something, you know? (laughs) Well, did you ever see any of, like, when you went to open the door to get your food, did you ever make eye contact or see any of the other quarantine people?
1: No, just one time I like I heard some noise. I spent some time looking out the peephole because I'd be like, because, you know, I didn't see another human for so many days. But no, I didn't. I also I tried not to because there was this weird feeling of like shame whenever I would open the door to get my food. There's, I don't know what it is. There's this weird feeling when your food is being left on the floor. And you, have, and you know, obviously I'm not gonna be all dressed up or do my hair because I'm stuck in quarantine. But like having to open the door and bend down and pick up like this tray of food, it did feel like kind of shameful in a way. I don't know why, or embarrassing. And also the tray was covered underneath the food, the tray, they put this cover on it, this red plastic, almost like a garbage bag, but it says like hazardous material. So that way, when I put the tray back outside, whoever's picking it up knows, like, this is hazardous, you know, a sick person touched this tray, (laughs) so (laughs) be careful. Which I would think they know that anyway, because they're in the quarantine area, but... I don't know what it was, yeah, but, you know, they do say, they give you a list of instructions, and it also does say, like, you know, you're not to come in contact with any other human, and they say after you hear your food dropped off, the guy bangs on the door. They say wait a few minutes to make sure he's gone. So I don't contaminate him, you know. So sometimes I'd just like I'd hear him knock and then I'd just sit by the door and wait. I would hear his footsteps going down the hallway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'd wait and then I'd open my door. <laughs> well well now your fish is cold. You uh, know, so I would try to wait till I heard him knock. Ah <laughs> <laughs> You got it now. <laughs>
1: so funny because the first couple, (laughs) that's hilarious. I should (laughs) have. I would have scared the heck out of them. (laughs) But there was, by day five, by day five, I actually did open the door when there wasn't any food just in the middle of the day. I was like, I just got to look out. So I did open the door and put my foot and I felt like I was being so like rebellious. But I like held the door and put my foot into the hallway and just looked all the way down the hallway like, who's down? <laughs> There's nobody out there. <laughs> but it felt. But that was the most rebellious thing I did. Stick my head into the hallway.
0: Yeah, you got some some air. At least you got some different air. Like those types of things just feel like a necessity. You know? Oh my goodness! I just I can't believe. So while you were there, did they COVID test you at all again? No, no,
1: they didn't. And so I was supposed to be there for 10 days. It was an eight day cruise, but then they say you have to quarantine for 10. So if that happens, like even if, um, let's say it was day six and somebody gets sent to quarantine and then in two days, the ship docks. So then when they pull into the port in Miami, they have another ship that's docked at that port. That's only for COVID people. So they were going to transfer me then to another ship to stay for an extra couple days, even after my cruise was done. And then luckily, like two days before we docked is when the CDC put out that statement that said you only have to do five days instead of 10. So that saved me. When they first put that out, I saw it on the news and I was like, I don't think that's going to change anything for me. Like they're probably because they were so strict about everything on the cruise line.
0: And then you they call- like somebody on death row where they find out that now they've changed rules but they don't apply to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> but when they called me
1: two days before we were supposed to dock and they were like, you know what, we're not gonna transfer you. You can just fly home when the ship docks on Sunday. I like, I started crying. I was so excited. I was just like, oh my God, there's such a game change. I was so excited. Cause I'm like, oh, I can't believe I have to get off this ship and then go walk to another one in quarantine again. Like, it just seemed like never-ending. You know, and then they'd have to change my flight home, make me a new flight, everything was... So that was the one thing that saved me because then once I found out I was going home in two days, all of a sudden it was like, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So then I was just in my room, like having a good time. You know, I was like, all right,
0: 48 hours. My next question (laughs) would have been, am I getting paid for those two additional days quarantined on this new ship? Like. You know, what's happening payment-wise? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> you know I'm I'm, uh, I'm always thinking about my dollars. I'm like, oh, no, you can't send me over there unless there's some, my, some greenbacks involved. <laughs> that's a good point.
1: I didn't think of that. You know, they did pay me full pay, and it was even, like, slightly a little bit more than I thought I was going to get. So kudos to yeah. them for that
0: yeah yeah and you said in the article that you uh wrote about this that your mother made a statement that was pretty funny
1: (laughs) my mom is so sweet but sometimes she doesn't realize like how goofy she is because yeah she's the only person i actually spoke to like on the phone because you know working cruise ships any moments that were on the internet cost money You know, so I didn't, some people were like, oh, did you call and FaceTime a lot of family to pass the time? I'm like, no, I didn't talk to anyone. I talked to my mom. I was like, it was way too much money. But I did talk to her in like, probably the second or third day I was in quarantine when I was still pretty sick. And like, it was kind of depressing. And I'm talking to her and she's like, where is your boat docking today? And I said, oh, Antigua. She's like, oh, I'm looking it up on the internet right now. Oh, the weather is beautiful. It's 70 degrees. I was like, mom, you know I can't go outside, right? She goes, well, I just thought you'd want to know that it's very nice where you are. It's <laughs> <was> like, thanks. <laughs> but also, you know, on the ship, every day, the cruise director who's always, you know, the cruise director is the most excited person on the ship because they're like the cheerleader. For anybody that hasn't been on cruise ships, they're the ones walking, you know, walking around the ship like, today we're going to have a great time, guys, you know. So every day he would make announcements over the speaker, and I had that speaker in my room. So every day it's like, hey, it's your cruise director. (laughs) Make sure and join us today for all these fun activities. And I'm just lying there. And then every day it was like, don't miss the stand-up comedy happening tonight. And I'm like, (laughs) "Oh."
0: (laughs) <laughs> Why do I still have to hear these things? <laughs> and did you know the other comics that you would have been working with? I knew one of them. Mm.
1: Yeah. So the first night when I first boarded the ship, there was a comedy show that night. I wasn't on that one. I was supposed to start the next night. And so I did go by and check out the, the comedy club, which looked like a really fun place to perform. It looked like they had like three or four hundred people in there. It was really crowded the first night. And yeah, that was, I knew one of them. And we kind of kept in touch messaging while I was on the ship, but I never saw him again.
0: Wow, yeah, and, and when you talk about the first night and, and not having to work, I have a story about a cruise ship um, that I was on, it was only my second time doing it, and I was on a ship and I, I liked that ship because the audience was really, really cool and I was looking forward to it. When I got there, I found out that I knew, I knew one of the guys ahead of time that I was going to be working with. Then I got there and found out that a, another girl that I knew was on that week. This was actually New Year's Eve week. And then there was oh, another okay. guy out of Chicago that I had never met before. He was really cool. So we get there the first night that Monday. Like you said, have the COVID test. My test comes back negative. Then uh, Monday night, we go, was it Monday night? I think it was a Tuesday night. No, I think Monday night, no one had showed. Then Tuesday, the guys had show. So I called my friend who's, I said, you want to go down and watch the late show? And she's like, sure. And I said, okay, I'll just meet me down there. Now, she had been calling me all during the day, but I had other things to do, and I didn't want to look like I was blowing her off, because that gets rude after, you know, the third time. So I called back and said, well, let's just meet downstairs. So we go downstairs, we're all masked. We go over to the bar, we get our drinks. We're socially distanced. We have to pull our masks down the porch to drink to a straw. But we're trying to be careful. And we yeah. go over to the, uh, the other two guys. They have their mask on. The one guy goes to do his show. She watches about five minutes of his show, and then she leaves. She said, I saw his earlier show. So she left. She said, I'm not really feeling. I'm really tired. So she leaves. So I stay like maybe another 15 minutes and watch some more of his show. Then I go. The next day was uh, uh, Wednesday. We have the COVID test again because it's every other day. Both of our tests, these are the antigen tests, which to me are like, that's a waste of a test. But, you know, if it's not the, what is it called? The C? Uh, Like PCRs? PCR, PCR. yeah, that's the one that gives you the real results. So we both did the little antigen where they just rub it around your nose, and we leave, and both of us are told we're negative. So she goes, I don't feel well. I know my body. I'm going back downstairs and asking for the other one. So she goes back downstairs. They give her the PCR Then a half hour goes by and they tell her she's positive. So then they ask her, who else have you been in close contact with? She told me that she wrote down all three of us comedians. They don't don't focus on the two guys. My phone rings. They tell me we're gonna have to quarantine you for the rest of the cruise because you were listed as someone's close contact. That is awful. I said, what? I said, but I'm not negative. I'm not positive. I'm like, I'm just all types of, th- I said, I have shows. And like, I'm just going, I'm just, I, I, now if you told me you have to quarantine me because I'm positive, I get it. But you're telling me you're quarantining me and I'm negative. That's awful. So they, but they never took me. I had a, I had a passenger cabin. They never took me from there. They were just like, they never took my room key. Oh, that's good. And they just said, you can't leave your room. My room didn't have a window. When I was like, I can't leave my room, you know, you start hyperventilating, because like you said, the bed was decent, but I don't have a window. Yeah. So I'm like, Annette, and the room starts closing in when you hear the words, you can't leave. Yeah, So exactly. I'm like, can somebody COVID test me again? So now the next day is Thursday, COVID test me again, I'm negative. So these are three negative tests in a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and like a four day span, I had three negative tests. So I'm like, I'm negative. Why do I have to stay in this room? I said, I'm not even gonna get to do my show. I said, I'm stuck in here New Year's Eve. And so they're like, well, we can put you on a work quarantine that let you leave the room, work, and go right back to your room. I was like, so wait a minute, I'm so toxic and so diseased that I had to sit in this room with a negative test, but, you, but I can go work? <laughs> and why was it only you and not the men? I think it had to do with the fact that she said that she and I got a drink together. Oh, uh, you know, I, I had heard stories
1: I had heard a few stories about that right before I boarded the ship. So yeah. when they asked me if I had contact with anyone, I just said no, even though I did speak to the other comedian, we had a conversation. Yeah. yeah. But I just said no, cause I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want him well, to, I, I don't want him to get thrown under just in case that same.
0: Oh, I was so tossed under the bus and continued to test negative cause I had to spend New Year's Eve in my room. I didn't do any more shows cause I was getting paid anyway. And I, and I was frustrated because oh I had tested God. negative three times, and so now uh, I would have been so, now, so pissed. I had a steakhouse reservation with the other another comic and two other girls that he knew, and you know how good the steakhouse is. All that for thirty eight dollars. Yeah, they went to the steakhouse without me. <laughs> and so they were nice enough to call my room and say, what do you want us to bring you some food and leave it at the door? I said, no, it's going to be cold. And I don't have a microwave in here. I don't want cold steak. So, unlike you, I'm a carnivore. But I said, no, I don't know. Uh, I was so frustrated. And then the, uh, one of the comments going to call me the next day. I, I said, how was the steakhouse? It was good. So, so they're gonna- all living their best lives. I can hear everybody going back and forth from my door because it's just pandemonium. I can hear people living their lives. I can't go outside. I can't get a breath of fresh air. I'm just stuck in this room. I can't go to the steakhouse. And so they told me, we're going to retest you on Sunday. So New Year's Eve, I'm stuck in the room watching the countdown on that horrible CBS app. (laughs) I can't even get CNN. So, um, so, and then, oh my goodness, they had that Turner Classic Movies. So, yeah. And these are some of the worst So movies. bad. So now the next day is Sunday, and they're telling me if I test negative, I can leave the room. Now, we leave for good on Monday. Yeah, I was going to say, you must be almost done with the cruise by now. <laughs> Almost done with the cruise. We leave for good on Monday. So I call them Sunday morning. I said, can somebody come and test me early so I can at least get out of here early? Oh, well, we're backed up. We have uh we have all these crew members. We have this, that, and that. We're, we're not going to get to you till like 5 o'clock this evening. 5 30 comes, somebody knocks on my door, they test me, they call me back about 6 30 and they said, You can leave the room. I've been negative this whole time. So oh my I, God. I, I rush out of there. Do you know I had, I, now I know what it feels like to be stuck in jail, wrongfully convicted and wrongly accused. You know, I'm going to join the Innocence Project <laughs> because I almost died in four days. And these men are in here 20, 30, 40 years for crimes they didn't commit. And I wilted in four days. I had room service. I could call on that phone and get anything delivered to me all day long. So I'm getting steak, shrimp, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, you can call them. like, can somebody bring me hot chocolate? This is all day long. I didn't have the crew food because I was in a passenger cab. Yeah, so you're lucky. So I, I, I paid $4 a day for the um, social media app. So that allowed me to use WhatsApp. So I can talk to my friends all day and night for $4 a day. You know, you know, you use that, you just buy the $4 social media, and use the WhatsApp, and you can call anybody you want to call for free. I didn't know that. Yeah, for $4 a day, you could have been talking to your mother all night and day. Then you can pay the $10 for 400 hours of internet or something. You know about that. Yeah. All that's through the Carnival app. So I would get on the internet. It was shoddy internet, but I could at least check my emails and I could talk to anybody I wanted to talk to, and I can order whatever I wanted to order, and I still almost died in four days. So I can't imagine being a criminal sharing a cell with somebody else. They pooping and peeing over top of your head. You know, they're probably trying to rape you. You know, the food is awful, and they're, they're in there for years and years and years, and every appeal takes years and years and years, and I barely made it four days. I, when that door opened up, I fell out the damn door. I, I was so happy to be out. I, <laughs> I headed straight to the sushi restaurant and met the other comic. I was eating sushi within 10 minutes of opening that door. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, I'm not built for certain things. That you know, is hilarious. So I'm, I'm going to work for the Innocence Project. That is
1: so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it... It's like awful and funny at the same time. It's hilarious. If you quit comedy and went to the Innocence Project full time, that would be...
0: (laughs) And then tell them why I'm here. I used to be a comic, but let me tell you what happened. Somebody wrote my name down on some stuff I had nothing to do with. And they threw me in a hole for four days. (laughs) <laughs> while I, you're ordering I, I, shrimp. <laughs> uh, while I'm ordering shrimp and lobster and sushi and pizza. And, and so, uh, yeah, I, it, it, oh, my goodness. I just couldn't. And they wouldn't clean my room. So, because I, I tried to be slick. Yeah. And I was like, can somebody come clean my room? Because if they came to clean my room, I was going to make a mad dash for it. Girl, <laughs> why'd they bring me a sack full of stuff and drop it in front of the door? was like, all my linens. They were like, Clean it yourself. Clean it yourself. <laughs> I was like, but I'm negative. It did not matter. Oh, I had man. to do all my own. I had to put all the sheets in the bag, all the towels and wash. I had, to, I had to redo my room like I worked for the cruise line. <laughs> I said just when I thought it couldn't get any worse.
1: Yeah, see, yours is way worse than mine because it's like I said, I was legitimately sick. But if that had happened mm-hmm. to me, I would have gone crazy. It's being stuck yeah. in there and you're not even sick. I, I, I was oh like, don't just
0: stick me in here once I get a positive result. But to stick yeah. me in here was a negative result, it just didn't feel right. It felt like a violation. But yeah, I'm mean, good I, gracious alive. I never tested positive. But I went and did a different ship like two weeks after that and I rounded all the comments up and I said, if any of you test positive, don't write my name down for anything. <laughs> you haven't seen me, you don't know me, we've never met. <laughs> I said, do not write me down as a close contact. Don't write my name down. Please, don't, did you, you, yes, just don't. Please. That is <laughs> and hilarious. I'm going to do that every ship from now on. Comics, let's, come on, let me know. If you test positive, I am not a close contact. I don't know you. <laughs> that is hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a conversation all the comics are going to have to have now every time we get on a ship. <laughs> Even if it's, like, day seven of the cruise ship. Nope. Never talked to him. Don't know him. <laughs> never met so, him.
0: So what happened when you were being let out? So oh, they
1: said I can go back to my original flight, which was on day eight. And uh, they didn't even test me. They just, like, sent me to the airport. It was very easy. It was a lot easier than I thought. You know, I think they're just over it, too. <laughs> I think they're like, we're sick of all these COVID people, cause they <laughs> said they had like 60 that were gonna have to be moved to that ship that's docked. Ooh. Mm. That's a lot, so. And you are like, sayonara, suckers. Cause I was the <laughs> only one getting off, they let me get off before early, like before any of the passengers and stuff. And it was just me, there was nobody else leaving with me. So I think I was the only one. So it was very easy as I got off. They had a, a ride for me to the airport. My own
0: personal shuttle.
1: <laughs> it was very easy. A lot better yeah. than I thought it would be. And I was home in time for Sunday night football, so there you go. Oh,
0: that's beautiful. When I finally got <laughs> in there on Monday and I saw that and walked off that ship, I got down on my hands and knees and kissed the ground and caught COVID. Yes. <laughs>
1: you know what's so funny? Everybody, people. Have, <laughs> that's hilarious people have been asking me they're like like when you got off when you finally got off the ship was it like very emotional and I thought I might be I thought I might get off and just be like oh I'm free but I got off and I was like well that's over and I think it's from being a comic for so long and you know there's so many times when we end up somewhere on the road in just a really weird situation and I think we develop that mindset where you're just like all right, here we go again. Another weird situation. <laughs> like I got off and I was just like, oh, there you go. Another, another road story, except it's a boat story.
0: <laughs> Nightmare boat story with Jen Murphy. Well, Jen, I like to end each podcast with a, a little game called Would You Rather? Ooh, Mm. And we just, I just asked you a couple would you rather questions, and you just tell me what you would rather do. Okay. You ready? Yes. Would you rather lose your keys or your cell phone? Uh oh, keys. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> God, <a> cell phone.
1: <laughs> it's like a lifeline. <laughs>
0: Uh, would you rather be stuck on an island alone or with someone who talks incessantly? Oh, alone. For sure. Well, <laughs> oh, you cannot... learned that. You learned that being quarantined for eight days.
1: <laughs> I cannot handle people that, that are scared of silence. <laughs> 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 you know which people I'm talking about.
0: I do know. You're like,
1: it's okay to be quiet. <laughs>
0: Ooh, you don't always have to be on. Woo. Mm, 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 mm. Would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or a Nobel Peace Prize winner?
1: Olympic gold medalist? Why do I feel guilty about saying that? (laughs) (laughs) Any particular sport? When I was young, I always wanted to be a gymnast. But now Uh that I'm older, I would say track and field would be my choice.
0: Would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long? Win the lottery. Would you Something rather lose shallow? your vision? <laughs> no, I would have said the same thing. Would you rather lose your vision or your hearing? Hearing, for sure. Would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great-great-grandchildren? The future. Yes. And last question, would you feel worse if no one showed up to your wedding or to your funeral?
1: Oh, God. They're both so sad. I'm going to, well, funeral. I'm already dead anyway. (laughs) How sad would it be to have a wedding and nobody shows up? (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Oh, and all that money spent. Oh, All that food just sitting there. Oh, that's oh, why
1: yeah. I never throw my own birthday party. You know, some people who plan their own birthday party. I'm like, I never do that because I'm like, how, how sad if nobody shows.
0: Well, nowadays we're all doing birthday parties on Zoom, so it's real sad if people are too lazy to log in and sign oh. on. You couldn't even sign on your fuck face.
1: that is really sad (laughs) oh my god you're hilarious
0: (laughs) and so are you Jim Murphy and thank you so much for doing this episode of Nightmare Boat Stories I really appreciate you you taking time to talk to me and and my listeners today and continue success and the next time you go back out on the boat tell those comics do not write your name down if they test positive you are not a close contact
1: no, I am not. And now I feel safe for a couple months. I feel like I'll be okay. So <laughs> they should be
0: hiring me again right now. I'm safe. Yes, <laughs> yes, they will be. They, they owe you they owe you some shows. <laughs> yes,
1: they do. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Okay. Bye. Nightmare Road Stories is a production of ElectroCast Media. Our executive producers are Mark Netter and Peter Rapleson. Our producers for this episode are April Simmons and John Lafferty. Theme music by Amir Oshalai. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please give us a rating and tell your friends. If you don't like the show, still give us a rating and tell your friends. Until next time, I'm your host, Alicia Cooper, and keep your ears on the road.